1: the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.
0: Um, you are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky coming at you every week. For more of your Giants content, make sure you're liking, subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. Because again, every week we're coming at you with all the best Giants content. You don't want to be missing it. So Shasky, we talked to Dave Fleming on the morning roast yesterday. He brought up the catch and position and he basically kind of declared that the catch position might be something we need to worry about. Now, Joey Bart exited last night's game uh, with a groin injury. Doesn't seem like there's going to be an IL stint. Sorry, it was the night before he exited. Um, it, he exited with a groin injury. They do not expect a, an IL stint. But again, we started this season seeing the Giants with, you know, four, five, almost six catchers. And now it's, you know, Blake Sable, hope Joey Bart's okay. And, Gary Sanchez looming in the minor leagues. The deadline to call him up is, you know, this week is uh, Monday, May first. So the Giants are either they're going to either give him a shot to see what he has, or they're going to let him go. I know the Giants don't like to leave stones unturned. If Bart maybe does go in the IL, just so they can see what Sanchez has. I mean, where are your thoughts just right now? Where the catching position is? I think
2: it's it's frustrating. I think it's very frustrating. I think you're gonna. You're seeing this with the San Francisco uh, Giants in left field. How many different left fielders have we had since Barry Bonds? Yeah. How many different aces have they had since Tim Lincecum? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. since Bumgarner even. It, it, for since Bumgarner, great. You know, I mean, I would even throw Bumgarner and Matt Kane in that mix. Matt Kane, Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gosman, Logan Webb, uh, Carlos Rodon. Like now you got Alex Cobb. Like hey, wasn't Johnny Cueto the opening day? Cueto, Cueto, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you get where I'm going with this? Like yeah. replacing legends are very, very, very difficult. And I was really happy for Joey Bart. He hit a big double the other night. Um, it feels like the bat looks faster. Uh, he's still got a lot of strikeouts. He's walking a little more, which is nice. Uh, defensively, he's thrown some guys out, which is good. He has a quick release time. He really does. Yeah. I don't love the framing and the glove work, but I think that's a work in progress because of the switch in the mechanics of one leg down. But why not see Sanchez if Bart's hurt right now? I I got this feeling, though. I think we're going to see Bailey by the end of the year. I think he's a
0: September call up. I really do. I think that would be a great idea. Me personally, I just – the idea of Gary Sanchez coming up, it just feels like another, like, Farhan, what are we doing here kind of. Why, why? Why do you say that? it just feels like again like far again like farhan loves finding those like kind of dumpster divey players let's just jump in and see what this guy has and again it's it's at the point where it's just like I kind of want to be done with that you know like I really felt that we were gonna have a more stable roster this year. Again, you know injuries kind of derail the best laid plans but when I see a Gary Sanchez I see guys like like almost like you're mean Mercedes last year. I was very excited when Mercedes came up because I thought this guy, he has all the tools they yeah. love. He hits it right to where they're going to want him to like that. You know, being able to hit it out to left field at Oracle parks to be perfect for him. And he ended up being a pumpkin and Gary Sanchez just kind of has that same thing. Sure. Don't you, you have to,
2: don't you have to crack a few pumpkins before you get to uh, a Christmas tree? I, don't well, know, I That's not the analogy.
0: <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's Sanchez. Yeah, he had moments. And I'm sure if you look at certain elements of his baseball savant page, you'd be like, oh, well, if he does this and this, but not this and maybe a little bit of this. Like, come on, you know, like, sure. Let's if you want to see what he does. Sure. I feel like we already know where this experiment goes. Maybe there's a pleasant surprise and Gary Sanchez can produce for the Giants. I don't want to say stick. I just what about Blake Sable?
2: You're not bringing up Blake Sable. What about him?
0: yeah, you know what, let's get into Blake Sable because he's another guy who every time they talk about just kind of uh, throwing to him, Giants pitchers love throwing him. He had a bullpen game last night, and Brebbia was incredibly, uh, just profusely just, just raving about how great Sable was behind the plate. And yeah, I think what was it was couple, a couple weeks ago when uh, Roberto Perez went down, Sable came in kind of as an emergency. And again, seamless transition for a guy who – Really isn't, I think, much of a catcher, but he is handling the position very well. Yeah, I I, I think he, he might be at very least a platoon option. You
2: know what I mean? At the very least. Uh, at the most, maybe he sneaks in and is a one-year starter or a two-year starter or someone that you can at least have in the mix. Because clearly he's got pop in the bat as evidence to the walk-off last night. Um, they're going to give him a long opportunity here because you have to concede him back to the Pirates if he doesn't stick on the team for the entire year. I don't know. I'm, I'm more open to the Blake Sable thing than I was in preseason. And I think that's because I've seen him now and I actually really like his story and I like who he
0: is. Yeah. And I think, and Kapler said after the game last night that he's, you know, he's not surprised by the success that Blake Sable has had at the plate. And yeah, he is starting to view him as more of a, you're on this roster kind of guy, not a you're a rule five draft pick kind of guy. So this episode
2: is brought to you by progressive insurance, whether you love true crime or comedy,
0: Uh, Shasky, you kind of want to move off the catching position here because uh, the Giants they kind of have a, a fun weekend ahead of them here. They're heading south of the border to Mexico City. They're going to be playing in the. I hope I do not botch this name, Alfredo Harp Helu Stadium. Uh, it was built back in 2019. I don't know if you've seen pictures of this stadium, Shasky. It's a it's a pretty cool looking baseball field that the Giants will be playing on this weekend against the Padres.
2: It is, and I believe one of the minority owners for the Padres is somehow connected to the stadium and the team that's in Mexico. Um, and so that's kind of the connection there. Well, first off, we get to see the Padres. That's number yeah. one. And Fernando Tatis Jr., who was dancing in the outfield last night to "Chance of Steroids," which was great. He Why looks like really he never do that. <laughs> I know he looks like his old self. I mean, I'm interested to see them because they're team. Look, I think Giants fans envy the Padres. I don't think that's something we can dismiss. They've got all these you know, uh, Juan Soto a guy who I want the Giants to still go after he's batting 161 since being acquired by the Padres last year Isn't that crazy? I
0: heard I guess he's been having some kind of issues with the pitch clock. You hear a lot of pitchers having issues with Mm -hmm. their time in the pitch clock. Mm -hmm. He's been kind of coming out and saying, you know, this is throwing me off a little bit too. And that's kind of, you know might be playing into it there. So but, yeah, I mean, this is this is a struggle that goes back beyond this year. Like, if he was struggling last year before the pitch clock, that's one where it's like, I mean, he's young enough where you're not going to worry. Maybe there's a, a level of the, the way he was brought to San mm-hmm. Diego uh, just put a lot of expectations on him. But this is a guy who, he was, what, 19, 20 years old and helping the Nationals win a World Series. He was playing stellar baseball on the grandest stage before he could even drink a beer. Yeah. So it is kind of surprising to think that something like a pitch clock could be throwing him off, but that just shows you this is a difficult game. You know, it really is. It really is. The Giants, I think they have a chance this weekend to maybe kind of take advantage and get some extra wins against the Padres that they might not have, you know, originally gotten because Padres are kind of wounded right now. So you got to strike kind of while the iron's hot.
2: I totally agree. And I I just think it's a good litmus test for the Giants right now. I really do. You got Xander Bogarts obviously was acquired. Machado, who's been struggling out the gates. Um, They've got a phenomenal pitching staff. I think this is a great matchup for the Giants. I think it's a great litmus test. And more than anything, I think it's fun that Major League Baseball is now going into Mexico. I, I think this is going to be an untapped market for them. And I know people who expansion, expansion. Why not have a Japanese division?
0: Why not have a Mexico division? Like I'm that's all in on fun. this. Um what? So, Yeah, no, I think that's actually an interesting thought that would be kind of cool. Um, I mean, it's gonna be a fun one thing that's gonna be really fun about this series, I think, Shasky. That I think maybe it shouldn't be fun. I think we should probably maybe be a little worried about it. So you know how we always dread when the Giants go to Coors Field because it's a mile high and we're like, oh, there go the ERAs. This stadium sits over 6,600 feet above sea level. This thing is higher than Coors Field. You know, when I was saying goodbye to Dave Fleming the other day, it's like, you know, how high up is this place? And he told me, you know, the 6,600s. like, oh, RIP those ERAs. Shasky, we could be seeing a bit of a home run derby. We got a a Padres team that's full of sluggers. And then we got a Giants team where – they said this year they're going to hit a lot of home runs. And, you know, we were texting last night, you know, saying, oh, this team, they can't actually hit home runs. And then seconds later, Blake Sable walks it off. So we got two teams that are capable of, you know, putting the ball in those seats. We could see a bit of a fireworks show this weekend even. And no no pitchers have been announced yet. Maybe the pitchers are just kind of refusing to want to pitch because they just are worried of how many home runs are going to be given up.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this. And I'm kind of excited to see
0: what the reception is fan wise, aren't you? Yeah, the, it's not a big stadium. It only holds 20,000 people. Um, I wonder if maybe they're going to try and bring in some extra auxiliary seating to try and get more people in there because this is the you know Major League Baseball's first foray, foray into Mexico. Uh, they got two teams, I think, are going to resonate well with the local fan base there. Obviously, San Diego, very close to Mexico. San Francisco has a very large, San Francisco and the Bay Area in general have a very large Hispanic population. So I think there's a lot of cultural connections there that the local fan base can maybe have with these two teams. 20,000 people seems like not that many didn't when the Yankees and Red Sox played in London a few years ago, didn't they play at Wembley, if I recall, like which is a yeah. much bigger stadium? So I'd be kind of curious to see if they maybe do anything extra there. But I'm very excited because I it's a very cool field, it's, it's yes. a circle field. The left field and right field are 325, center field straight away is 400. So it's spacious. I it's gonna be a really cool, uh, just situation to see the Giants play in. And you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing other kind of special locations for, if not just the giants, but you know, just other teams. Well, we've talked about the field of dreams game. I think you mentioned last year at one point, you wanted to see the giants and Dodgers play a game in like upstate New York or something like that to kind of harken back to those giant, you know, those New York giants, Brooklyn Dodger days. This is how you make baseball cool. Let's go to cool places. Let's put on cool shows. And that is how I think you truly, you know, expand and grow the game. So before we uh, sign off here, do you have any final thoughts that you want to get off before we head out?
2: No, I'm just excited that baseball's, uh, you know, kicking in and the giants aren't dead. They're not just completely dead. They're showing signs of life and there's some positives that we can take away. Alex Cobb. What a heck of a signing. He looks really good. Mm -hmm. He looks like he's bounced back. You know, Jastrzemski looks really good. JD Davis looks really good right now. Tyro Estrada looks really good right now. Who is the youngster they're going to call up? first. That's what I'm hanging on right now. And Harrison feels very close. I believe Harrison had eight or nine strikeouts in three innings.
0: You know, Harrison could be right around the corner. I mean, the Giants are already kind of going to bullpen game. So, I mean, eventually they could need a starter soon. But That might be the thing to keep an eye on. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. This is Sam Lum along with Joe Shasky on the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're liking and reviewing and subscribing and all those other things you do the podcast and we will catch you on the next one.